You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. seems to me today that, and perhaps to you as well, it seems like everything in this moment that we believe in is under attack. I don't mean to be a pessimist, but it seems like heritage is under attack. It seems like our Constitution is under attack. People say, well, you know, this the Constitution, no, no, I have five Constitutions on my desk. I have one right here. I look at it constantly. Every week I have the Constitution out. You ought to become aware of the Constitution. They're in our bookstore. If you can't afford one, they'll give you one. Just, just, people don't know what the Constitution says. I was with a congressman recently, and uh, he's a good man. He may be watching in D.C. right now. He loves me. I love him. But he had no idea about separation of church and state, what it meant. And while we are together in that meeting, uh, Mr. Trump then began to say something about separation of church and state. He turned to me and said, Pastor, we were just, you were just teaching us about this. This is what we, we believe, separation church and state. It was not that the church is to be separate from government. It's the government is to be separate from the church. Thomas Jefferson wrote that uh, when the Danbury Baptists were being, uh, were being attacked by government, and they said, listen, there's a wall of protection. You have to stay separate from the church. No law is what the Constitution says. We have freedom of right, freedom of religion. We live in quite a day, our Constitution is under attack. We live in a day in which the Bill of Rights is under attack. We live in a day where people think that they uh, do not have to defend freedom. And if we don't like what we, we, we have, we'll take to the streets and we'll turn over police cars and we'll break windows. No, that's lawlessness. And we ought to get the video out and find out everyone's doing that and arrest them and pay, have them pay for the police car they ruined. This is America. We're not a lawless country. You want a lawless country? There's plenty to go to. I thank God for our America. Our American history, our monuments are coming down. That's part of our history. Our city council, and if you're watching right now, you made a big mistake. Miss uh, uh, Mayor and city council, there's a park over here, and for years, there's been a cross over there. Now, we're not Catholics, we're Baptists. But this city was founded in the 1700s by Catholics. And they erected a cross and it's been there. But now, city property, you can't have a cross. Well then, friend, uh, you better go to Arlington Cemetery and see the huge cross there. Doesn't mean you can't have a cross. But we're pulling down the monuments. Revisionary history is a big issue today and we teach it like this is what happened this is not what happened culture is under attack human life is under attack our constitution says in the bill of rights that we have the right to protect life and the responsibility to protect life that includes babies that are not born they have life We live in a day when the family is under attack. 
We redefine what a father is, what a mother is. Community combination. No, that's not the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. In the beginning, God created male and female, created he them. It's a point the Bible says, God's word says, a man should leave, a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and these two shall be one flesh. I know we're redefining it. We're redefining immigration. I think we can solve this, and I know I pastor a huge crowd of people that are not here legally. I know that. I thank God for each and every one. On 9-11, which is back in 2001, we had, if you're a first-generation person from your country, stand. We had 68 countries represented in this church, and there's a lot more than that now. And I thank God for it that my family was able to come to this country legally. It's a legal society. And I can solve this whole problem. I have it on my desk right now. They, they, you can take any other country what their immigration policy is. You take their, uh, if, let's take Mexico's policy. Let's just put Mexico's policy in here. A, a government has the right to protect their borders. We live in a day we think that everybody has freedom. No, that's why when you come to America, you assimilate into the society. That's why when you take an oath, you have to say, I denounce all other countries. Love America. By the way, you ought to feel the same way if you're in India. If you're in Mexico, if you're in Nicaragua, you ought to love your country. I tell our missionaries out of our college, you do not go to another country and post the American flag outside your, 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 your house door. That's not why we're there. You can have it in your house if you want. But that's disrespectful to the country where you go. You assimilate to that country. You love that country. And if you're going to go minister there, accept who that, what that country is. The Supreme Court is under lawlessness today. Mob rule, anarchy. But the danger I see The same as invaded the church. We can't sing any longer in our churches that old, give me that old time religion. The old's out. Nightclub is in. And I know I'm, I'm pastoring in the Silicon Valley. I know we're in a valley where they say 42% of the people in this valley say there's no God. I don't know if that's true, but that's what they've come out and said. But friend, you're going to need a God one day when you die. The fool has said, the fool has said in his heart, the Bible says, there is no God. There is a God. How do you think you got here? God created, God's designed. Psalm 139, before you were even born in your mother's womb, God knew you. I'm so grateful today that we have the New Testament local church, but the church is under attack and we've tried to modernize the church and do away with old-time religion. Our churches, it seems like to me, we've become showmen. We've become motivational speakers. Little principle I want to give you today, little thought I want to give you. If you follow the bouncing ball up here, I'll give you my little thoughts of the day. I, I, I believe that God still ordained the foolishness of preaching. It's a Greek word, kerup, which means to lift your voice and herald. To speak with authority. That's God's word. 
God hath in the last days chosen preaching. And we want to get away from preaching and everything is some motivational teacher and almost all of it is not about who God is, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus Christ, his death, his bodily resurrection, his coming again. Most of it is about relationships, how to get along, how to, how to be the real you, how to be motivated to go out there in the world. I don't want to offend anybody, so just y'all be your very best. I got a little joke for you today. I'm not suggesting God's people cannot laugh. Many times in this church and preaching, we laugh, especially when I put uh, Nicodemus in the tree instead of Zacchaeus. And I've done that before. I've done a lot of things. And I got Gideon marching around the walls for seven days. I've done that one before, too. You stay long enough, I'll rewrite the Bible. Oh, I tell you, I've made some funny, funny mistakes in this 40-some years here. Seems like a casualness has invaded our churches. Carnality has invaded our churches. I still believe the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The world's not going to save America. The New Testament local church, that Bible will save America. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. Don't be squeezed into the mold of this world. We allow the philosophy of this world and the attitude of this world to squeeze it. Now coming in the church. I think of where I had a funeral a few years back, and they invited me to come, and the people had been members of the church, and they said, we want you to come, and, and now we live here in this building, and the pastor said, go, go at it. And I remember that pastor's grand, grandfather uh, for years saving money and buying that property and building those buildings, and it was old-time religion and gospel songs and singing and preaching. And then I remember the grandson coming in and taking out all the, the pews and all the pianos and bringing in a dance band and painting all the ceiling back black and strobe lights. By the way, the church sits empty today. Strobe lights are not going to answer the need of man's heart. We put the light of the word of God on the, on the life today. I know we live in a moment in history where they say, well, I, I, don't, I don't believe in all what you believe in. No, well, let's believe the Bible then. We're to be soldiers of Jesus Christ, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're to preach the word of God. We're to sing the hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in our heart to God. Ladies and gentlemen, your boys and girls, your sons and daughters, your grandkids need a church that preaches the word of God, sings hymns and songs and spiritual songs, believe that a woman should look like a woman and a man should look like a man. We believe that a man should be masculine and a lady should be feminine. We live in a day where all that is under attack. The old King James Bible is under attack. The word of God's under attack. We're all opinionated. We all have all our ideas and we say, well, I don't, I, don't believe, I don't believe we ought to do it this way. Go start your church 43 years from now. See what God's going to do. And I'm not saying that proud or boastful. This is not man that did this. This is God's people under the leadership of God Almighty. What's the purpose of the church then? Acts chapter 2. Look what he says, verse 42. Acts chapter 2. And they, two words, continued steadfastly. Continue steadfastly. We can continue today in our heritage. Continue is unbroken. 
enduring. Keep on keeping on. Continued steadfastly. That is fixed, secure. Well, Patterson and myself, we were talking briefly after Sunday school. He had the joy to grow up in that First Baptist Church in Fort Worth where uh, they had that ministry of Dr. Ensminger I taught about today. Go to the great Tennessee Temple of Schools back then, the 10 largest Sunday schools in America. All those preachers are dead. Now the book came out in 1969 and the churches, all but about two of them, are all gone. They're extinct. They're empty. They stopped doing what brought them to that point, the Sunday school and preaching and singing and soul winning and separation. That's all part of it, ladies and gentlemen. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, in the house of God, not less church, more church as we see the day approaching. Very sad when you go to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and you just see downtown the empty music hall and the empty gymnasium and the empty women's dorms and the empty men's dorm and the big, huge uh, seven, eight, nine thousand seat auditorium empty today. Why? Because the new pastor came in and the pastors thereafter said, let's try something new. He said, well, I know a church that tries something new and it's growing. Revolving church. I've been in the valley long enough the church that was so large 43 years ago, I remember when that church had a problem and all of a sudden many of those members by the thousands went over to this church and this city and then that became, then that church had a problem and then they separated to two churches and then those churches had a problem and they moved over to this church and this church and recently I was with this pastor and he said, Brother Trevor, we tried rock and roll, we tried it all and it was working but it stopped working and now our church is empty. I know there's some preachers that have these personalities and they can draw. I know all that. But I tell you what, God's plan is that we continue steadfastly in what? Here it is, the apostles' doctrine. Instruction in doctrine, teaching, line upon line. Secondly, he says in that same verse, in fellowship, in fellowship, partnership, a desire to be with God's people, I have a desire to be with God's people. I know your schedule may not be like my schedule, but I have a desire to be with the people of God. And a life is coming so quickly upon me, I don't want to do less, so I want to be more with God's people. Uh, tonight, uh, we'll be in church, and then afterwards, uh, seniors have uh, pizza and ice cream and nothing that's healthy for you, but I don't know if I'll eat it, but I'll hang out here and talk to people. Uh, you just watch. On Sunday night, we're the last to leave. We like staying in here. We like being with our people. I enjoy our church. I want to be part of church. Last Saturday night was men's prayer, and then Sunday night was church, and Monday night was ladies' volleyball, and I still, men, cannot, I cannot feel comfortable watching and cheering the girls. Now, you guys go ahead and do it. I know your wife told you to do it, so go ahead. And I think it's fine for you. I really do. I think it's fine for you and your daughters. I know all that. I just feel, it's just weird. That's just, I'm old. I guess I just, you guys do it. You, I'm, I, I peeked my head in four times, but I, I just couldn't get my foot in, Heights and Rider. You might be able to, but I can't. Raisley, you're in there too. I saw you, brother. <laughs> half my staff were in there, half the deacons. I watched that. I know that. But thank God one man's going to stand for old-time religion. I don't know if that's true, but 
Tuesday night, deacons meeting, soul winning. Wednesday night was church. Thursday night was men's basketball league. Men, where in the world, you deacons? I found out you're a team. First of all, most of you guys are overweight deacons. Got 33 of you guys, but what are you doing playing basketball? And then I heard their name, they call themselves. You have a holy, a holy position. You call yourself the dirty deacons? What's that about? I could just imagine where that name came from, Chris Kissel. <laughs> Fellowship was so great. And then Friday night, we had this dumb activity for our Sunday school class. Young Mary's, my wife came up with this idea. I knew it'd be a failure, but sure enough, it was a success. Scooter and sweets nights. All the kids brought their scooters and the mothers and dads brought the scooters. And we had sweets and we had ice cream and we had brownies and that's why I look so fat today. And uh, all of that, hey, it was a wonderful last night, men's prayer tonight, church, and tomorrow night, back in the gym for ladies' volleyball. <laughs> Saturday morning, soul winning, knocking on doors, visiting people. Hey, I want to say, it's a great life. I love it. I don't want to get to the last days of my life, and I'm known for uh, uh, the master of the remote. Snap my finger, hey, little woman, go, go get me some iced tea. That would go over real well. Ms. Treber was my secretary. When I came here 43 years ago, I said, I'll pay you $25 a week if we have a good offering. I did. She worked full time. And after the first year, I realized this is not going to work because I'm the boss around here, I thought. So we put her in the school. She started the school, established that, did a great job. A few years ago, she said, I, I want to come back and work in the church with you. I thought, oh, boy. I remember the first time around 40 years ago. And so she came back, and I will say it's been the greatest joy. It's just a wonderful thrill. But the first day back, I, I just buzzed her office, and, and I said, yes, hon, would you please get me a cup of coffee, two creams? That would be good. Thank you. She didn't say, I'll be right there. She didn't say, she didn't hang up. She just hung up. A few minutes later, she came to my door and said, your leg's broken. I said, no, not really. She said, you may have bossed the other girls around. You're not bossing this one around. A few minutes later, she comes back. There's a cup of coffee. She says, I'll get it if you need it. Just don't do this very regularly. Train up a pastor in the way he should go when he's old and not depart from it. <laughs> the purpose is fellowship. Why do churches have to have problems? Why, why do we have to? I, I recall this happened almost 50 years ago. A man in the Midwest city, a large city, they had a piano like this, a grand piano. It was on that side, the lid coming up, and he wanted the piano on excuse me, it was on this side, and he wanted the piano to come this way so the lid could, the choir could hear it. And that week he moved it. A man came in before Sunday school said, who, 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 who moved the piano? He said, well, I did. He said, move it back. We, we never had the piano over there. Move it back. He said, I'm not moving the piano. I'm not moving the piano. He said, I told you to move the piano. I mean, this is before church. I said, I'm not moving the piano. 
He said, move the piano, we'll take it out back. He said, let's go. Church! That's not what church is about. I was preaching in the church, and the pianist and the organist, was about 30, 25 years ago, they were having a feud with one another. And the organist would play, and it was loud, and the, the pianist would play, and they were fighting. You could just feel the tension before church. And I'll never forget the pastor coming to the pulpit and said, Time out! Stop, stop. And he just began to sing with the church. That's nonsense. God desires in this early church and our church fellowship where there's a warmth. Notice what he says, and I know I'm out of time. How does that happen? But it does. Breaking of bread. We celebrated that on Wednesday night at the Lord's table as we looked at sanctification. Prayers. Verse 42, prayer. Prayer. They prayed together. Oh, how sad that in our churches we're not praying together. You are looking at the guy I am all for volleyball and all for basketball, and we have all these leagues in the school over there, and we have all the intramural here at the college. I'm for it all. I think it's very healthy. I think it's very good. I also think prayer meetings should be well attended. There should be a culture of prayer that we come in here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and the pianist is playing. There should be a happy spirit. People should be talking, and perhaps a husband and wife could just bow their head while all the talking. Say, we should everybody be quiet? No, just together, just pray and a family to pray, and two men to pray. And, and, and we we'll try to do it every service. I find someone to say, will you pray with me here in this auditorium? And just take a minute or two or three. I think you ought to come to one of the prayer meetings. I think Wednesday night after church or during church we have prayer meeting. I think you ought to come to men's prayer. There ought to be something. You say, well, I can't come to those times. Then organize one where you sit down after Wednesday night right here in the house of God because the early church prayed. No telling what God could do if this church would pray, what this pastor, this pastor would pray. And then he said real quickly, number, number five, he said to he, uh, helping one another, having all things common, help one another. The evidence is revival is when we say, let me help you, not can I help you or what do you want me to do, but I'm going to help you. And then number six, praising God, verse 46 and 7. Now you think about this with me today. I know I'm out of time, but in 1800, young people up there, you've listened so perfect. Always do. I praise God for you, Brother Evan Sprague, and all your workers that do such a great job. But in 1800, 25% of the world claimed to be Christians. One, two, three, four. One out of four. One, two, three, four. One out of four. 18, 1800. Let's fast forward 170 years to 1970. Pretty close when this church began, 8% of the world claimed to be Christians. We went from 25% to 8%. Let's fast forward 20 years after that. Now, 1990, only 4%. We went from 8, 25% to 8% to 4% in 20 years. And then in 10 years, at the year 2000, we went down to 2%. I have an article with me today. I won't take the time to read it. But it indicates that the vast majority of young people, the millennials, are leaving church, not going to church. When a society is a nation that's built off of fun and play and no spiritual responsibility, the society destroys itself. 
We're told today that where it used to be, a vast majority would claim some church affiliation. We're down to claiming affiliation of millennials, 25% claiming affiliation. Of that affiliation, it could be Catholics and Mormons and Presbyterians and, and uh, Church of Christ and, and uh, Latter-day Saints and yoga, and, and you, but uh, there's only 25% claim of church affiliation. And that doesn't mean that 25% attend church. Ladies and gentlemen, we're losing this thing. And we're losing it fast. You say, I want to be motivated about things are going great. They're not going great. The wheels are coming off politically, spiritually. I know we're riding a high wave right now economically. You cannot continue to do what we're doing without it falling apart. And I know we're riding a wave right now of uh, user-friendly churches. We went from uh, liberal churches to modernist churches to orthodox to neo-orthodox to evangelical, uh, new evangelicalism, 1948, to contemporary churches. And we live in a moment today in the emergent church where anything goes. The billboard in a distant city of a church of 7,000, Friday night activity, bring your motorcycle and your own beer. Church. And they're flocking in. God says, I'm not supposed to even look on it. God says, I'm not supposed to touch liquor. God's in control, ladies and gentlemen. And the sad thing is, our children and grandchildren are going to inherit this mess. It's my generation that owes you an apology. Not my dad's generation. Not those people that came through World War II. Not those people that came through the Depression. Not those people that lived on the farms and worked in the factories. Not those people that went to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Not those people that milked the cows at five in the morning and five at night, seven days a week. It's my generation. When I was getting out of high school, the, uh, the hippie movement came and said, we'll do our own thing, thank you. We'll live like we want. We have no rules. We'll burn your buildings down. We'll, we'll, we'll transform male masculinity. We'll look like we want to look and act like we want to wa act and dress like we want to dress. And we don't believe in rules. We'll, we'll, we'll pick it. We'll, we'll throw things down. We'll break things. My generation did that to you. And now we're inheriting it. And my generation also has told you an old leather long message from the Word of God is not what you need. You don't need a man with authority from the Word of God. You all just I'll throw it out there. You guys figure out what you believe. That's not what a shepherd is, ladies and gentlemen. A shepherd leads the sheep. The sheep may not always like it. And I could give you some hope on this 43rd year. I won't be here 43 years from now. And I can give you hope I won't be here 33 years from now. And I think you know I won't be here 23 years from now. Somewhere along the line, you can choose somebody else. 
And you could choose a new philosophy, and most churches do. But by God's grace under my watch, I'm going to love the sheep and try to protect the sheep and make sure the sheep have good pasture and good wholesome water of the Word of God to grow their life. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.